talking about uh, some things. If you have not been keeping up with the ministry, our series today is continuation on the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why I read that, read that, because we showed you there was three different visions of revelations that God gave us in the word. As a matter of fact, he gave, gave one to the apostle Peter for the Jewish believer. And we know that was Matthew chapter number 16 when he asked, who do men say I the son of man am? That was a vision that was given to uh, the Jewish believer. Uh, before then, they had the law. And then after, after the gospel of the kingdom, who do men say that I the son of man am, which is the gospel of the kingdom, then we got into Paul's ministry, which is the gospel of Christ or God's grace. And so you have to understand the difference in the ministry. You have to understand if you're sitting on a ministry uh, where you're not being taught the gospel of Christ, uh, then you are not getting the things that God has for you in this dispensation. Uh, you are not under the law, you're under grace. Now let's give you the let's just give you that verse, just what I just said. Romans 6:14. Now I'm just giving you just that verse. Uh, then we're gonna go through our subject today. Uh, and our subject is going to come after we do this one verse, Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. See, you have to know what dispensation. That's why I said for a long time, you know, I, I go back over my life and I looked at some things and I said, you know what, if God didn't open my eyes, I could have died and went to hell. Believe in the Bible. <laughs> and not only that, believing the Bible but I was believing the wrong dispensation teaching. So Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, this is what it says. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under the law, you're under grace. So why was he saying that? Because the dispensation now has changed. So when the dispensation changed, then you have to understand the, the teachings change. What I mean by that is righteousness changed. What you had to believe to be saved changed. All right? So that's why you must understand. Now you had the, the three. Look at, look at uh, the Gospel of St. Luke uh, chapter 16 and verse 16. The Gospel of St. Luke chapter 16 and verse 16. Uh, you have to understand, once a dispensation change, this is what, the, why, this is why Paul, uh, even Christ, said to Israel to repent. It wasn't so much of what they were doing, it's the dispensation had changed. And when a dispensation has changed, you got to change what you believe. You can't, if you're under the law, the law is works. The law is what you're doing, you see. Uh, they had to keep the law. They had ordinances, like the church trying to do today. There's nothing but law. So they had ordinances. So you, have, you got to understand, you left, you left the ordinances, which was the law, and then you move into the gospel of the kingdom. Now, that's Luke 16. Uh, uh, I want to say verse 16. Let me make sure I got the right chapter here. Yeah, the, the chapter 16 of Luke and verse 16. So you move from Luke 16 to 16. 
So you have to understand that. Look at Luke 16, 16. I'm reading out of King James so far. I will be going to the good news when I get into my teaching today. And, and Luke 16 and 16 said the law and the prophets. So now you, you see, when you came to Christ, you're leaving the law and the prophets. And that's what people don't understand. Let me put it this way. You leave with the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. So Christ has come now. Once Christ came, you don't, you're not under the law, you're not under the prophets, you're not under the Psalms, see? Now, when you're not under the prophets, you're not under prophecy. See, that's why I read you the book of Revelation, because it's prophecy. So you got, that's the whole thing, if you can understand these things. So Luke 16 and 16 said, the law and the prophets were until John. So once John came, the law and the prophets ended. So the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. So you have to understand dispensations. So when Jesus came, Jesus came and ended the dispensation uh, of the law. He came and started the dispensation of the kingdom. So that's what Luke 16 and 16 is telling you. So after, after that, we get into grace. That's why Paul said in Romans 6, 14, uh, you are not under the law, you're under grace. See, the dispensation has changed. Under each dispensation, you have to, a different righteousness. If you're under the law, righteousness will by your works. That's how you kept the law. You had to do all the work to keep the law. That's why nobody could ever do it. And then under the dispensation of the kingdom, you had to believe in his name. You had to have faith in his name. That's the dispensation of the kingdom. Under grace, your faith is, has to be in the blood. You see, you, you have to understand the difference in the dispensation. So they have faith in his name. We have faith in his blood because we are after the cross. After the cross, you have to look back at the cross. It was the cross that put us into uh, the kingdom of God. It's the cross that put us into our salvation. It's the cross that gave us grace. That's why the Bible said John 1, 17, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So when Christ came, he gave us grace, a dispensation of grace, which put us back in the dispensation we had before Adam sinned. So I want you to pay attention today. This is going to really help you out. Now, here's my, here's my teaching today. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, my teaching for the day. Uh, the Gospel of St. John. Uh, no, I'm going to do it this way. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. That's going to be my teaching today. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. I'm going to use this for the subject. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It's just one verse. Now, I really need you to listen. I really need you to listen and pay attention. It don't mean you don't know. Just listen so somebody else can listen. You know, I just need that. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. There are times, uh, there's a spirit of teacher on me. See, there are times that spirit of teachers on me. And when I'm teaching, you have to be the listener. It's no different if you was going to school. If you were going to school, sitting up in the classroom, and the teacher was teaching, what will you be doing? Exactly. Because the teacher is teaching, right? 
All right, so sometime you have, you have to know what spirit on me. There are times the spirit of rejoicing is on me. And now you can rejoice during the service. There's time the spirit of teaching, so you got to become the listener. You just got to know, okay? Now, uh, the day the spirit of teaching on me. All right, all right, maybe I need to start saying it. So let's look at the first thing I told you, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Here's what I'm teaching you today. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, I'm talking to everybody. I'm not, you, anytime the word go forth, you, you can't think he's not talking to you. See, if, let me say it this way. If I hadn't examined myself when God gave me the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace, I'd have died and went to hell. Because I've already thought I was saved because what I believed all the time when I was growing up as a pastor, growing up as a young man in Christ. See, I've been in the ministry now uh, since I was 30 years old. So this is my 43rd year in the ministry. 37 of it is pastoring. So you have to understand. So I thought all those things that I would hear and believe in, it was right. Now, suppose I had died then. I'd have died and I went to hell. But God spared me. God let me live and get to a place so I could know now, before then, I thought I knew that's where I was. And if anybody had told me differently, I would have told them, no, that, I, I, I got this. No, I thought I knew. All right, so don't ever take your salvation for granted because you can learn something today, change your whole life. You'd be like, oh, my God, I was believing wrong. All right, so here we go. Now, what I want to do, 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, the Bible says, examine yourself. This is the verse we're going to use. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves, know you're not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. Now, all the different things I've been teaching on the kingdom, if this is what God woke me up and gave me. When he gave it to me, he said to me, he said, ask the people how to know you saved. That was the question. How to know you are saved. Uh, how do I know I'm saved? Let's use it that way. How do I know I'm saved? Say that with me. How do I know I'm saved? Because if you're saved, you're supposed to know it, right? So my, my point is, how, how do I know I'm saved? If somebody asks you a question, how do you know you're saved? So that's why today we're going to do a self examination. You're not looking at nobody else. How do you know you saved? How do I know I'm saved? If you are saved, you're supposed to be able to tell somebody else. So I'm going to give you some things that you want to look for. If, you, if you're saved, how do you know you're saved? Now, these are some things that I've heard people tell me how they know they're saved. They say, I've been baptized in water in the name of Jesus. That don't mean you're saved. I've heard people to tell you, God baptized me with the precious Holy Ghost. That don't mean you're saved. See, the key is you're going by experience. When God put the Holy Ghost on you, that's for service. And so people don't know the difference. In the old covenant, I can show you that King Saul was baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
God put the Holy Spirit on him. But people in the old covenant was not saved. Why? Because the Spirit was not in them. So that's why Paul said, examine yourself. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. So if Christ does not live in you, you are not saved. You can't go by an experience that I had with the Spirit came on me. And so if you go back and check Saul, I said last week, I called him Saul of Tarsus, but he's really Benjamin. All right, he's from the tribe of Benjamin. The Spirit came upon him, and the Bible said, and he did prophesy. <laughs> that don't mean he's saved. See, people think if I prophesy, I'm saved. That don't mean you're saved. So don't get your salvation mixed up with doing something. All right, here's another one. People says, I joined the church. That don't mean you're saved. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Don't mean you're saved. I've been baptized with water. See, that don't mean you're saved. People arguing about baptism in water, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, baptism in water, none of that save you. I go to church. I take communion every week. So you go through taking communion, go through all your repentance. That don't mean you're saved. It had nothing to do with your salvation. So my job is to, to say to you and to show you in the word what salvation is. And this is what I said to you. Take a self-examination. Don't take for granted, you say. Don't take it for granted. This is something you have to know. And that's why I always say to people, I thank God. I thank God that he showed me. I was believing the wrong message for my salvation. And I'm the pastor of the church. That's why I'm saying don't take this for granted. Now, what I want to do today, I want to go and, and, and show you. So we're going to go to uh, take, we're going to take our examination today. Okay, that's what this is going to be. So I want to go all the way back to John chapter 14. And we want to look at verse 25. Let's go back to the gospel of John chapter 14. And verse number 25. Now, the Lord was teaching us here about the comforter or the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because if, the, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, now remember, you got to understand, I go back to the book of Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came, and the Bible said, are on them. And those people still had to be saved by Paul's ministry. All right, so I want to show you Acts chapter 14 and verse 25 said, These things I've spoken unto you, we're in, we're in Acts chapter, I'm sorry, John 14, I'm waiting on the screen. John 14, 25. So when I be doing that, I'm waiting on the screen. John 14 and 25. These things I have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Now you, you're going to find out why is he using this? Why is he saying this? But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, which the Father will give, will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, he shall bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace. Now who is he talking to? He's talking to the people who have followed him for the last three years. The people who have followed Jesus, he's telling you when the Holy Ghost comes. See, your salvation is not going to happen until you receive the Holy Spirit. 
He said, peace. He shall teach you all things. He shall bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth God to you, give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Then he's going to get into showing them about their salvation. You have heard how I said to you, I go away. Because this time he gave me the lead. He says, I said I'm going to go away and I'm going to come again to you. So I know he didn't talk about coming to us today. People still think he's coming to us. He didn't tell you he's coming to you. He said, if you love me, you will rejoice because I said I go to the Father and my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it's come to pass that when it's come to pass, you might believe. Now watch verse 30 is what I want to get to. Hereafter, I will not talk with you. He let them know. I'm not going to talk with you hereafter. The prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. Why would Jesus say that the prince of this world, which was Satan or Lucifer, coming and he has nothing in me? Now, how, how did he know what he was talking about? Now, I'm going to show you in the word what did he mean when he says, he has nothing in me. Now, let's go to the gospel of, of, of St. John. Well, let's go back to Romans again. Romans chapter 8 and 8 through 11. Let's do that first. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 through 11. What, what did he mean when he says, he, the devil cometh but has nothing in me? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what he says, and he did not have nothing in me. What was he talking about? He was talking about sin. See, people think sin has to do with what you do. Sin is the nature. See, sin has to be your nature. See, that's why when you get back, when you go back to the Old Testament and you look in the Garden of Eden and you see when, that, when sin began, how did it begin? It began by Eve had a boyfriend, Adam had a girlfriend, because this is what people think sin is. No, that's the works of the flesh. See, you don't understand. Sin is the nature of a person. So the only reason that you are God's son, you have God's nature. You have his spirit. See, it's not what you do to make you a sinner. It's who you are that makes you a sinner. So when a person has sin in their heart, that makes them a sinner. Okay? So until you get the sin out of the heart, you can't be saved. Now that's why Christ must come into your heart or your soul, it's called, to save your soul because he's going to save your soul from sin. All right? Now that's why you have to have Christ in you. So if you say, okay, I know I'm saved because I go to church. Well, that don't get sin out your heart. Or well, I take communion. That don't get sin out your heart. Uh, well, I join the church. And then some people say, look, Pastor, I'm a preacher of the gospel. I mean, I'm a deacon in the church, and uh, uh, I sing in the choir. I mean, you can go through everything you want to, it will not save you. 
Nothing you're going to say will save you. You have to understand what salvation is, is having Christ in you. Once Christ comes inside of you, he destroys the sin out of your heart. Okay? He, he destroys the sin out of your conscience. That's saying what is your heart. All right. All right. Now let's, let's look at that. Let's go to the book of Romans. I'm going to be reading out the good news when I read Romans chapter 8, okay, so we, that, way we, that way we don't have to do it twice. Romans chapter 8, and we want to look at uh, verse 8 through 11. We're we going to do that on the screen. Romans chapter 8, verse 8. Now, I'm reading this out of the Good News Bible. We do have Good News Bible in the storehouse. A lot of you do have your briefcases with your Good News Bible and all that stuff in it. So, but on the tape, you will be able to do that, okay? Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at verse 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 8. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. Now, in the, in, when you read the same thing out of King James, it says the flesh. So that's, that's what the flesh is, the human nature. All right, or the old, old man, the ad, Adam, okay? The old man, the flesh man. But in verse number 9, it says, we, we read in Romans chapter number 8, in verse 8, those who obey their human nature cannot please God. But you are not, but you do not live as your, as your human nature tells you to. Instead, you live as the Spirit tells you to. Isn't that something? See, this is when you're born of the Spirit. You live because of what the Spirit tells you. Instead, you live as the Spirit tells you. If, in fact, God's Spirit lives in you, Whoever does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to God. This, this is real good. You do not belong to God. Why, why that's so important? If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you do not belong to God. That, that's a powerful verse. But if Christ lives in you, the spirit is life for you. Because you have been put right with God. All right. I like the King James because he's going to also tell you because the body is dead. See, once we, that's why Paul taught Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 7 because he's going to show you in Romans 6 you are dead to sin. Romans chapter 7 you are dead to the law. So you have to understand, both of those chapters are very important before you get to chapter 8. So when you get to chapter 8, he's going to say there's therefore now no condemnation. All right? That's why you're in the Good News Bible. Uh, let's back that Bible up to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 3. Let me show you verse 8 and 3 because I'm going to show you when you got born again, Christ had to come in your heart to destroy sin out of your flesh, or out of your nature, and that's when you receive the Holy Spirit. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse number 3. Read not the good news. There it is. He said, what the law could not do because human nature was weak, God did. How did he do it? He condemned sin. Now, you want to write that word condemn down because this is why Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, he did not come to condemn the world. See, but he did condemn sin. 
So you have to understand, this is why Christ must come inside of you so you can receive the Spirit, all right? Because this is what God did when the Holy Spirit came inside of you. He, he condemned sin. Watch what it says. He condemned sin in human nature. How did he do it? By sending his own son who came with a nature like man's sinful nature to do away with sin. So I know he came inside of us to condemn sin or do away with sin. But I like the rest of that. He said who came with a human nature uh, uh, to do away with sin. God did this that the righteous demand of the law might be fully satisfied in us who live according to the spirit and not according to man's human nature. So when Christ came inside of us, he put an end to sin. So you can, you, you, people like, but I just can't, Christ must come inside of you to put an end, to condemn sin, to condemn. Can I read that same verse, Romans 8 and 3, out of the NLT? I don't have mine with me, but I'm going to read it off the screen. I'm okay. He came in the human nature to condemn sin. So I'm going to show you that word condemn. You want to write that word condemn. You have to know what it means for God to condemn sin in you. He had to judge sin in you. See, God didn't judge you. He judged the sin that's in you. God didn't condemn you. He condemned the sin that's in you. That's the only way it would stop working. He took sin's power. So it would not operate in you no more. So the only reason you don't do what you used to do anymore is because he condemned sin in you. Okay, we read on the NLT. We're going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 3 out of the NLT. All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Here we go. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. God sent his own son in a body like the bodies of, of we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control. He declared an end to sin control over us by giving us his son. So when Christ died on the cross, he died as a sacrifice for our sins. So we're going we're gonna to show you some things. When Christ died, he died as a sacrifice for our sins. Because Romans chapter 6 and verse 22 and 23. Let's go there. We'll do that out in uh, uh, King James. We won't make it tough on you. Romans chapter 6 and verse 22 and 23. When you see those two verses together, we always, people always like to quote the wages of sin is death. And that's why. That's why he had to remove that sin out of your conscience or remove that sin out of your heart to make you right with God as though you have never sinned. Because he took, that's what he did when he saved you. He took the sin out of your heart. He condemned the sin out of the heart. He destroyed the sin that was in the heart. So that's why you don't have that anymore. You don't have that nature anymore. All right. Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 22. But now, being made free from sin, how did it happen? We had to be made free from sin. See, Christ was made to be sin. 
I'm going to show you that. So you have to understand everything we are, we, no, we were, I'm sorry, everything we were, he became that. So we can become who he is. That's an awesome thing. He changed places with you. All right. Now watch this. Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, we have our fruit now to holiness or we ought to live holy. And the end is everlasting life. For the wages, that word wages there mean the payment. The payment for sin is death. So if sin remains in your heart, you will re be rewarded death because the, the ways of sin is death. The payment for sin would be death. So that's why Christ died for our sins. See, you just can't say it died. I grew up in a church where people just rail back and holly about it died. Hey, it died. That's not going to save you. You got to know why he died. You got to know how he died. See, the Bible told you why he died and how he died. That's how you were saved. All right. So for the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift. Nothing you can do to earn a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you believe Christ died for your sins and, and buried in your place, God raised him from the dead on our justification. That's how you say when God raised Jesus from the dead, he justified us. See, that's what last week's service was about. All right. Now, now the, the next thing, next thing I want to want to take you to. Remember, I gave you John fourteen thirty. The Satan cometh and hath nothing in me. What was he talking about? Let's let's go look at some of those. Let's go to uh, Hebrew chapter four and verse fifteen. He, why was he why was he so confident that the enemy couldn't do anything to him? Hebrew chapter 4 and verse 15. This is what you want to understand. This is why you have to understand why you can be able to say, I, I fear no evil. Why you can be so confident to know that all the demonic spirits around cannot do anything to you. And the reason why is they have nothing in you. Nothing of theirs is in you. And so that's, this is what you got to understand. All right. So in Hebrew chapter 4 and verse 15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, as was in all point tempted as we are. He was tempted just like we are, but watch this, yet without sin. So Christ came, was tempted just like we are, but yet without sin. Let me show you another one while you're right there. Uh, you in, in Hebrews, let's go to the next book, 1 Peter 1.22. 1 Peter 1.22. See, you have to know when God saved you. Thank you, sir. When God saved you, you have to know what do it mean to say he saved me. He saved you from sin. He, of course, he saved you from death. He saved you from hell. But he had to save you from sin first. All right. That's what it means to be saved. So that's why that's why my message today. Uh, what's my message today? How do you know you're saved? See, it's not enough to just say I'm saved. You gotta know you're saved. Because if you do not understand 
how to get sin out the heart. You don't even know you're saved. Like I said, there's a whole lot of people who have a whole lot of things they told me when I was coming up. Oh, they told me, oh, man, I got a whole list. I don't want to burden you. People say, oh, I go to church. I take communion. I join the church. I've been baptized in water in Jesus' name. And they go on and on and on and on. I keep the commandments and I, I'm a chill forgiver. And they told me how they serve in the church. All that, all that stuff had nothing to do with your salvation. As your pastor, my number one priority is your salvation. All the different things, the, the number one reason as your pastor, I, my number one reason is to make sure you're saved. Okay, so that's why my message today, how do you know you're saved? That's why 2 Corinthians 13, 5 was my first verse, and that's why I use it. Examine yourself. I, I can't do it for you. I can give you all the word I can give you. You got to make sure that you have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you can't guess. You got to know it. When the Holy Spirit lives inside you, you got to know. Because if the Holy Spirit is not inside of you, sin, the nature of sin is. And I'm, that's why I want to show you that if I don't get nothing else today, Lord, help me, to get, help me to get it done. All right. Now, I gave you 1 Peter 1, 22. That's where we go, right? 1 Peter 1 and 22. I just finished Hebrew. All right. 1 Peter uh, chapter number 1 and verse 22. That's what I said? All right. It's 1 Peter 1, 22 says, Seeing you have purified your soul and obeying the truth through the Spirit. Uh, that's, that's really not what I, I'm reading the wrong thing. Um, well, my notes said here. I got 1 Peter 1, 22. It got to be wrong because that's not what I want. Somebody can find it. I wrote, I wrote it. I write my message three times. I don't know why I write it so many times. But anyway, Peter, Peter said that he did no sin. That's the one I'm looking for. Uh, let's go to 1 John 3, 5. Somebody else can find that. He did no sin. 1 John 3, 5. First John chapter three and verse number five. Just that one verse. Watch what it says. You know that he was manifested. Watch what, watch what he came in the flesh to do. He said, and you know that he was manifested. The word manifest, he came in the flesh, John 1, 14, to take away our sins. It, you know, it's an awesome thing uh, for people to go to church all their life. And they'll tell you they say, and they'll turn right back around and tell you about sin. I mean, you don't, you got to put it together. If you're saved, you're saved from sin. That's what he saved you from, okay? Uh, what was it? First Peter 2.22. I know it was some little minor error there, because I write my message. First Peter 2.22. Yeah. I have put 1.22 there. All right. So 1 John 3, 5, I go back to the name. 1 John 3, 5 says, you know that he was manifest to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Now, remember what, when Jesus said in, in John, remember that where I started out, John 14, 30? The devil cometh and hath nothing in me. Now, 
Why, why could he say that? Because I'm showing you what he meant, what he was talking about. He knew there was no sin in him. He couldn't have died for my sin if he had sin in him, right? Okay, that's how you got to understand. So that's how you can't help nobody else if you got sin in you. That's, to be saved means I do not have sin in my heart. See, that's why David wrote Psalm 51, right? If you ever read Psalm 51, created me a clean heart. See, when you go back, that's what he's saying, okay? All right. The reason he did what he did is because he had sin in his heart. So you got to understand, the works of the flesh is because you have sin in your heart. You got to get to the root of the problem. When you get the sin out your heart, then the works of the flesh will become the fruit of the spirit. They're reversed. All right. First John 3, 5, once again says, Whosoever committed sin transgressed the law. In verse 4, sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifest to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. All right. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. No, I told you I'd go on to 1 Peter 2, 22, right? Let's back up to 1 Peter 2.22. Thank you for that, wife. 1 Peter 2.22. Who did no sin. Now remember, 1 Peter 2.24 says, who did no sin. He did, he did no sin. So my point is, why did he, why did he did no sin? There's no sin in it. Can you understand how that works? The only reason you can do sin, sin must be in the heart. Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. Also, you didn't worry about speaking stuff that he shouldn't say because it wasn't in his heart. All right, you got to understand that you got to get to the root of the problem. Let's go to, uh, let me do one more of these. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. And then we're going to move on because I want, I want to take you to this word condemn next. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Then we're going to go to the word condemned. Because he came not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. But he did condemn sin. He judged sin. I'm going to show you what he did to sin. Once he come in your heart, what did he do? This is so good. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 verse 21, which will be the last verse. In that chapter. For he has made him to be sin for us. Now, how did he become sin for us? This is what you want to put down. I'm, I'm not asking no question today. I'm answering all of them. That's why I want you to teach on me today. So just write them down. I'll give you the whole thing. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And I'm, after this, we're going to go to Galatia 3, 13 and 14. Here's the question. He has made him to be sin for us. So when you read that, your question is, how did he make Christ sin for me? Because you just said he didn't have any sin in him. Listen, he was made to be sin. How did God make him sin? I'm going to show you the next verse. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He had to make him to be sin so he could make us the righteousness of God in him. How did he make him sin? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. So glad you asked that question. Galatians chapter 3, 
in verse 13 and 14. See, he made him to be sin. That's why when, you, when we read the verse to you always in 1 Corinthians 15, matter of fact, I go to that next. Because this is what we, we tell you all the time in 1 Corinthians 15. And you have to understand what does that mean in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. And we're going to go there next. So Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. Remember I just read to you, he was made to be sin, who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Christ. My question was, how did God make Christ to be sin? Here it is. Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So how did God make him to be sin? When he was crucified on the cross, God made him to be sin. Because once he was crucified on the cross, that's when God... We're going to look at Deuteronomy 21 and 22. I'm sorry, 21 and 23 next. I said we're going to go to another scripture where we'll do that too, but not next. Christ has, made, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Why? Because it was written in the law, curses is everyone that hangeth on the tree. So when God, when, they, when God sent Christ at the time he was crucified, it was a time that the Romans were crucifying he couldn't send Christ no other time because people was not crucifying. If Christ come today, he won't get crucified. See, he had to go to Rome where they were crucifying. All right? All right, he was hung on a tree. Now, when that happened, he was made a curse for us. He was made to be sin for us. So when you saw Christ down the cross, you have to be able to understand at this time, God was making Christ to be sin for us when he died on that cross. Now, you think about love, man. My wife and I, I watched Hosea this week. I'm going to watch it again with my wife because it's no greater love. That's why Christ said no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Hosea is an awesome book. You can get it on your podcast. It's free. Whole movie. Because he was married to a woman named Goma. And boy, I tell you, she was a little hot woman. She, she, she was lying about going to town so much, but she was meeting men. Hosea found out. God was telling her, man, your wife are liking all these guys around here. And yet, Hosea loved her. See, you have to know the story of Hosea. Hosea's a picture of Christ's love for Israel. And all the stuff they were doing, he would not. This woman got so bad, she was sleeping out with the hogs, seemed like her lifestyle. And they had taken her to the marketplace, the cellar, to be a slave. And the man, they were bidding on her, bidding on her in the marketplace. How much y'all give me for? Hosea came. Hosea showed up at the bidding auction and outbidded them. They were just asking for anybody to give me anything. Hosea says, I'll give you more than that. 
He named so much that God said, you're going to give me all of that for her? That's my wife. But see, it's a picture of Christ and the church. Israel had lived such a life, but you know what God did? He came here, put on flesh, and redeemed us. See, regardless of how we live the life, Christ paid it all. No greater love than this, but you want to ask about, you want to know, do God love you? The devil had you on the auction block. The wage of sin was death, but Christ came here, died on the cross in our place. Romans 8 3, that's why it's so powerful. How he came inside of us, what the law could not do, and that was weak through the flesh. God sent his own son in the likeness of sin for flesh, for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not the flesh, but after the spirit. That's what he did for you. Came inside of you when you believe his death, and resurrection. When you believe that, when you put your faith in Christ's death, and resurrection, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and destroys the very nature of sin inside of you. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you are a new creation. Old thing, he talking about sin, has passed away. Behold, all things become new. So that's what God does. He makes us a new creation in Christ Jesus. Let me, let me hurry. I got a lot of stuff. I don't want to get to going there. So he said, Christ has redeemed, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham, he took our curse so we can have his blessings that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Christ Jesus, that we might receive, here it is, the promise of the Spirit through faith. So God did this so you can receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, God could not come inside a man. That's why he put man out the garden in the book of Eden. In, in, the, in the book of Genesis, when he was in the garden of Eden, he put him out the garden because God could not have him to eat of the tree of life after he had eaten of sin. You got to understand, eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil means it's the day he ate, ate sin. And God had to bring the tree of life here so man can eat the right tree to kill what he ate the first time. Sound like something you ought to know the word for that. Some of y'all probably saw the movie where they went to a place and there was a monkey and the monkey had something. They had to go find the monkey and be able to get the blood out of the monkey to save the human. Some of y'all watched the movie still. I'm telling what it was. Outbreak. Now you watch the movie, you got to know what you watch. As a matter of fact, you just went through 2020 and 2021 and you don't realize what God just did for you. He did the exact same thing for you because if they did not find a cure, people would be still dying. Found a cure. And yet man said, I ain't taking it. Okay, people still dying. It's not a game. When God wants to save you, you need to receive it. Stop trying to use this up here to figure, figure out everything. 
All right, you got faith, believe God. I mean, you can do everything else. You can go to heaven. You, you can die and go to heaven believing God. I know God's going to save you from death. Will he save you from anything wrong with the shot? You're going to use your faith. Why don't you use your faith for that too? All right, let's move on. Now, I gave you, I gave you that. Let's go to Deuteronomy because that's what Deuteronomy 21, 23. Because we have to understand, we, we're in class now, Deuteronomy 21 and 23. So we have to, under, have to understand, in Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 23. Deuteronomy 21 and verse 23. Let's do 22 and 23 together. I'm sorry. If a man has committed a sin worthy of death. Now remember, this is what happened with Christ when they told him that he's worthy of death. If a man committed sin worthy of death and, be, and he be put to death and you hang him on a tree. That's what Christ had on the crucifixion. That's what they call hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain all night. That's why they have it taken down on to, up on the tree. He, his body can't remain there all night. But thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. See, that's why they had to take him down and bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. So when God allowed his son to down the cross through crucifixion, he fulfilled the law that now he's accursed of God. Well, that's why Galatians 3.13 3, talked about that. Through his curse, we received our blessings. He made him a curse for us. He made him to be sin for us. He's a curse of God. And that your land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. So they had to make sure that this would happen to Christ so it would not happen to us. One man died for the people. One man died for all the people. And that's why they hung him on the cross. So the rest of us can go free. That's an awesome thing, boy. You're not free because you didn't do nothing. You're free because he did something. Right. Right. You're free because what he did for us. Amen. All right. Now, with, that, with, with all of that in mind, uh, Let's go back and look at the word condemn first, because that's what Romans 8 and 3 says. That Romans 8 and 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. All right, so we in Christ, there is no condemnation. The word condemn, when God says he condemns sin in the flesh, means he put an end to sin in the flesh. So when Christ, when Christ died on the cross, he condemned sin in your flesh when you got saved. He put an end to sin. See, you got to examine yourself and see, are you really saved? Because once God came in you, he put an end to sin. From here, we're going to go to the gospel, I mean, the gospel of St. John chapter 16, starting verse 7. We're going to take that to verse 14. All right. So let me say this one more time. Once God came in your heart, the, la the last verse I just gave you, once he came in your heart, he condemned sin. That's what condemned means. He condemned sin in the flesh. He put an end to sin. 
He condemned sin. He judged sin. That's what it means to condemn. He judged sin. He punished sin. To condemn means to consume holy by burning. So that's why you know when Christ was on the cross, he said, I thirst because the fire of God fell on him and burned up the sin that he carried for us. That's why he had to do it on the cross. To condemn means the sentence of death by punishment. He condemned sin. To condemn means to declare unfit. That's what God did to sin. He declared it. He judged it. He condemned it. He took his power and gave us his blessings. So, so let's go to, let's go to uh, the Gospel of John chapter 16 verse 7. So when the Holy Spirit comes, we have to know what he did. So that's why my next teaching, I want to make sure I say this all the time. Uh, when, Christ, when Christ came, let me get this first, John 16 and 7. That's where we're going to start at. Uh, so we can understand when Christ came, he had a purpose. He had a purpose. All right, John chapter 16 and verse 7. Now, remember, he's, the Holy Ghost is getting ready to come. Remember, one person of Godhead only one person with Godhead can be here at one time. Now, if you heard just what I just said, you cannot be looking for Jesus. Let me say it again. Only one person with Godhead can be on earth at one time. So if you go back and look at Jesus' ministry, when did Jesus leave? He left at, on, the, on, on the day that the Holy Ghost came, which was 40 days, I mean 10 days before the Holy Ghost came. If you read the first chapter of the book of Acts, he was with them for 40 days. He couldn't stay 10 more days because that had been Pentecost. That's why the Bible said in Acts chapter 2, when the, the day of Pentecost was fully come, it was 50 days. So you get all that back there when you read the feast in Leviticus 23. That was seven feasts. That was seven I am. That was seven churches. There were seven pastors. See, you have to know the word seven is perfection and completion. All right. So you got to understand this. Watch this. So when Jesus, the Holy Ghost could not be on the earth when Jesus was on the earth. I'm talking about in ministry. So when Jesus left, what did he tell them? When I leave, I will send you the comforter. Isn't that right? Now, who is in control today? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. You're under the dispensation of grace. You're not in the gospel of the kingdom. If you was on the gospel of the kingdom, that would be 2,000 years ago, and guess who was on earth? Jesus. Jesus. Now, the Holy Ghost had to anoint him because he came as a man. So the Holy Ghost had to anoint him for service. Just like he had to anoint me for service. Just like he has to anoint the praisers for service. The Holy Ghost come on you for service. The Holy Ghost come inside of you for a relationship. See, all that, you got to always hold on to those two things. All right. 
in John 16, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient. I mean, I got to do this. I, it won't happen no other way for you if I go, for me to go away. I got to go away. If I don't go away, the comforter won't come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Only one God here can be here at a time. One person. And when the Holy Ghost has come, he's talking about the same way it is in you. The first thing he's going to do is reprove. The Holy Ghost come, he will reprove the world of sin. He's going to reprove the world of righteousness. He's going to reprove the world of sin. Because they believe not on me, going to reprove the world of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. And then they're going to reprove the world of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot receive them now. But when the comforter, when the spirit of truth, now he's going to switch. He's going to call the comfort of the spirit of truth. When the spirit of truth has come, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Now, what, how did the Holy Ghost hear it when Jesus said it? One place he said, when the Holy Ghost come, he would take of mine and show it to you. What does he mean? Otherwise, everything I said to you while I was here, the Holy Ghost is going to bring it back to your remembrance. See, them guys were walking with Jesus every day. They didn't have no notebook and tablet, and they didn't have no phone so they could record him. So how in the world are they going to be able to write their books? The Holy Ghost will bring things to their remembrance. That's how they wrote down the thing that the Lord has said. So that's what we must understand he shall glorify me. He will show you things to come. He shall receive a mind. He's going to show it to you. All things that the Father has of mind, that's why I said that he's going to take a mind and show it to you. So we, we want, we're going to get into this a little deeper the next service because I got to understand, if the Holy Ghost came in my life, what three things did it do? These are, I'm going to give them to you. I'm not going to give you no scripture. We're going to start here the next service. Number one, he's going to convict me. The Bible used the word reprove. When the Holy Ghost comes, he will reprove. He's going to convict me, number one. Number two, he's going to convince me. So you have to understand, you don't have to worry about doing those things with people. If they got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is going to do that. Your job is to pray for them. The Holy Ghost will convict them. The Holy Ghost will convince them. And the Holy Ghost will convert them. All that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Hey, my time is up. I can't give you no more. Come on, get the Lord a big hand. I'm going to stand right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses what we talked about earlier. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. Watch this. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, Paul is telling you, you can't go by what Peter and James and John says, what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain or believed the wrong message. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received. Paul is telling them how he was saved. How that Christ died for our sin. Well, how did he die? 
He died on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? He was made sin for us. How was he made sin for us? He was made the curse for us. He was cursing everyone to hang on the tree. So Christ, God allowed his son to die and be crucified on the cross so you can receive the Holy Spirit and become his own son. What an awesome thing. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. And of course he was seen of Cephas and 500 brothers at one time. Last of all, Paul said he was seen of me, who was born in due time. So God has already given you your salvation, and the power Christ does, what Christ does when he comes inside of you, is take the curse of sin out of your heart. So you can receive the blessings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit couldn't come in the house until Christ washed your heart with his own blood. Let's stand and give the Lord his praise his glory for his precious blood. My time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.